money. That thing that's often stereotyped as the root of all evil. With many of us feeling that if you love making money, then you're probably not a nice person or some distrustful scum who's obsessed with it. Think of all those Disney movies. But is that really true? Doesn't money help good causes when used by good hands? Doesn't it create more opportunities and grant people greater chances of achieving an affluent and carefree life? In this episode, business coach and money mentor Claire Wood debunks the many misconceptions about money making, empowers people to have a healthy money mindset and management, and offers some fab tips on how to multiply those zeros in our accounts. So if you're ready to earn more kachings, then let's get started. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, a bubbly, driven, chocolate-obsessed, positive thinker and action taker who helps business owners just like you overcome their fear of failure to step up and shop in the scary online world. Because I know you have a message that needs to be heard, and I know you want to make a big impact in the world. By becoming more visible in the online space, you can attract and retain your ideal customers. I can help you do this by putting together effective and engaging marketing strategies and copywriting at Right Time Marketing. So feel free to book in a free 15-minute chat with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today, I'm joined by my guest, Claire Wood. Welcome, Claire. Hey, Leanne. Great to be here. Yeah, so excited. I think we, I'm trying to think when we initially connected, I think it was maybe the podcasting, Australian Podcasters Collaborative Facebook group or something else. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know either. It's funny like that, isn't it? In the online space, we end up just crossing paths left, right and centre. So it's great to be connected anyway. Yeah. And then I remember seeing you on LinkedIn and you were in Ruby Lee's Masterminds. I'm like, oh, I'm actually thinking about that. And then we reached out and I'm listening to Claire's podcast as well, um, which uh, actually, yeah, tell us a bit more about your podcast. Yeah, sure. Well, it's very creatively called The Claire Wood Podcast. And I record it here in my walk-in wardrobe (laughs) Um, because, you know, it's meant to be good for the sound. So uh, the podcast is all about money, money mindset and money management. So my background's actually, I was an accountant before I moved into my own business. I'm a CPA. And so I've come to create this space where I talk about both the mindset of money, but also the actual practical side of money, how to understand your numbers, love your numbers. And I believe that the two marry up perfectly. So that's what my podcast is all about, money. Yes, love it. And that's what this episode's all about too. Uh, So just to uh, formally read out your bio, Claire, for those who don't know you, uh, but she's a business coach and money mentor, a numbers nerd, a wrangler of two boys, a drinker of wine, a gym junkie, a wanderluster, and a podcaster with reality TV addiction. She loves empowering women to love their money and make more money, which Yes, that is. And and look, it's not a bad thing to love money as well. Like I I feel like I've been reading a lot of books on this topic and you often feel like 
because you've watched so many, I think it's the movies and stuff when you're growing up and it's the money hungry, you know, they're the evil people who want to, I'm thinking of the Muppet movie actually right now, you know, wants to knock down the Muppet studio. To, um, so what are your thoughts on that, like about loving, hating money, our relationship with money in general? Yeah, it's so interesting. It's such a controversial topic, money. And people tend to think that when you talk about money or you love money, that you aren't a good person or that you're obsessed by it. But the truth is, you know, anyone can make money. And, you know, I did a lot of work on my money mindset and came to realize that for me, yes, I want to have nice things in my life, but a big reason why I want to make more money is to be able to help other people. And so money can be used for good (laughs) as well as for evil. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to create an amazing and abundant life. I don't, you know, and it's so funny. Sometimes people come to work with me and they say, oh, I don't want to you know, I don't care about money. And I'm like, but why not? Like the, if if you've got causes that you care about, then having more money can help you to support those causes. So I'm a big believer that money in the hands of great people can do great things. And that's why I love empowering people to talk about it. And of course, to make more money. I love showing people how to do it. It's one of the most rewarding things that I do. I bet. I bet. And so I guess it comes down to as well, you've got to practice what you preach too. And you're like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I saw it's working for me, but it may not work for you and um, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so you've got, you definitely got to be on top of your like money mindset game, don't you? Yeah. But it's one of those things as well that, you know, I have money mindset wobbles regularly and that's normal. Like I'm not some perfect money mindset person. I have my own struggles as well. And something that I've found is that when you grow to your next stage of business, you know, when you've hit that first six figure month, um, you know, I had a $50,000 month last year and, you know, new struggles come up, new challenges come up and there's always more work to be done. So yes, uh, while I, for the most part, have a really great money mindset, it's something that I continually work on, continue to invest in and continue to spend a lot of time, you know, in the space of. Yeah, perfect. And just before we do go much further, I do like to ask my guests more about their business journey. So what brought you to being all about the money, honey? (laughs) Yeah, great question. So maybe if I go back a bit, um, like I said, before I started my own business, I was an accountant for I don't know how long, a long time. Um, And I always had this calling in my, in my gut that I was meant to run my own business. I remember every time I'd meet someone who was an entrepreneur, I'd be fascinated by them. I'd ask them so many questions. I always wanted to build my own business, but I just never had the courage. And when I, I I strongly encouraged my husband to leave his corporate job and start a business, which he did when I was seven months pregnant. And then, yeah, when I had this newborn baby, I got made redundant. And I thought, maybe now's the time. I'm coming from, you know, I'd been working in a space of, of management and advisory within a corporate capacity. So I thought, I wonder if I could do coaching. And yeah, within a couple of, I think I mentioned to one person, I'm going to become a business coach. And she referred two people my way. And my business has just grown and scaled from there. And um, yeah, and you know, and now I've got um, online products. I still offer private one-on-one coaching and um, I love it. Like I, I, I honestly, I can't believe how 
grateful I am for where my business and my life is now. And I wish I'd just done it sooner. I love that. We had a chat um, recently with uh, Nick Nikhil, actually. He's another copywriter and he had for many years people saying to him, you should be a copywriter, you should be a copywriter. And it was, I I think maybe five people told him that. (laughs) Go back to that episode. It's really funny. Uh, Before he's like, oh, yeah, why is it taking me so long to actually do this? Because once he did it, he was thriving and he's like, oh, yeah, okay. They were right. I was just in, I don't know. Um, Look, I was the same same as you. I always feel like I wanted to have a business. Didn't know what. I remember remember saying, oh, I'll have a business one day. Not sure what in. I played around with this idea of a, a, a I'm on a low FODMAPs diet, so I've got a lot of dietary restrictions. I'm like, oh, a cafe that you could walk in and go, there's no gluten, there's no dairy, there's no. Um, and then I kind of realized how much effort goes into a cafe and like, nah. And then the copywriting thing ended up happening while I was maternity leave. Oh, I could do writing for people in business. Ah. And then the rest is history. Um, okay, enough about me. But okay, we've talked about money mindset a little bit already. But just to take that step back, can we just define or you you define how you see money mindset? Just for those who are new to the term. Yeah. So to me, money mindset is what you believe about money. And you know, when before you said, "Well, why you you know why do you talk about money? Why do you think it's important?" Um, it's big. It, and for me, it, it's it's really about changing what you believe about money so that you can make more money and you can use money to create what it is in in your own life or to create a bigger impact in the world. But I definitely think that if you don't have strong belief system around money, then it's going to be really challenging to make good money. And it comes into play in things like your pricing, how you show up for your marketing, how you attract the right clients, how you talk to your clients, your capacity to believe that you can have leverage nationally or internationally. So all of those beliefs shape how you show up and then in turn what you make in your business. Yeah, and I think some people will go, oh, money mindset, it sounds all woo-woo, but it really is. It's a psychological thing. Like you're saying, if you go, all right, my prices are this. And look, I, I'm just thinking about it just before that I still stumble a little bit when I give quotes, like I say a number where I'm like, oh, I think it's in the back of my mind's like, oh, it's too much. And so then I stumble over it. And I'm like, no, I have to own it. And because by just going, no, this is what I'm worth, say it proudly. And if it's too much for that person, then they're not the right person. You just got to um, yeah, just because it'll come out in how confident you, you speak and present yourself and everything like that. Yeah, definitely. And I've got a lot of strategies that I use around how to confidently increase prices. I've actually done a podcast episode about it. It's called Five Mistakes People Make With Their Pricing. So um, make sure you check it out if you're listening and pricing is something that you struggle with because I I dive into it a lot. And it's probably one of the biggest things that I support my clients with is how to pick the price point and then how to confidently talk to that price point. Yeah. And I think I've... Um... Like at the moment with me, I'm like, oh, I want to go for the bigger clients. But then if a smaller client comes in, I'm still quoting maybe the higher price and then I'm almost pricing myself out. Um, what are your thoughts on that? If you have a, uh, so say, okay, say there's B2C or B2B or whatever. Um, if you've got small fish come to you for work, do you quote them differently than if a corporation came to you? 
That's a great question. So one thing that I would say is getting super clear on who your clients are and then how you serve them. And I know that sounds like a bit of a vague answer, but the reality is, is that it's, it's not your place to determine what someone can pay or can't pay. It's, it's your job to show up, position the transformation that you can create for people. And then if you are selling to your ideal clients, they're going to see the value in that and they're going to be happy to pay the prices that you offer. So this is the thing that I think people get really, really stuck on is they're like, what's the number? Like, where do I need to set it? And I'm like, you're you're kind of missing the point. Like, what's the value that you're delivering to someone? And if through your marketing, you're not demonstrating that value, then that might be why people have a challenge wrapping their head around it. Or maybe you really are not targeting the right kind of people. Does that make sense? I've definitely, and to give you an example, like with my business, um, you know, I could go and do what I do for big um, corporates and I would be able to charge an absolute fortune, a lot more than I do now, but it doesn't light me up to be working with those kind of organizations. I used to, if I went and did management consulting, like I said, you know, I'd be, I'd be earning a lot more, but for me, I'm like, I know who I like to serve and I know their capacity to be able to afford. But within that space, I definitely think that through my marketing, I'm attracting the right kind of people that are like, we can see exactly what it is that you do. We can see the results that you achieve for people. So we're happy to invest that money because we know what transformation is possible. It's obviously that you're not guaranteeing a result. And I guess when it comes to copy, that would be the thing that I would say to you is that if you are focusing in on like, first of all, going, well, who am I serving? And, you know, and being realistic about (laughs) their capacity to invest. But then the flip side of it would be like to focus in on the marketing around it. Like why would someone spend X amount on having web copy written or having their blogs written? And when you can demonstrate that value and when you can say, hey, here's what's happened for this client. Here's what's happened for this client then your your customers go, yeah, okay, that's going to be a significant investment for me, but it could significantly change my business and my life. And so that's why I'm happy to invest. And I think about my own behavior when it comes to investing. And the reason why I choose to work with the people that I choose to work with is because I'm like, I can see what transformation this would offer for me or my business. So that's why I'm happy to invest. Yes, I love that. I'm going to take some notes. Uh, <laughs> transformation, very key. And okay, so if, uh, so for listeners out there, uh, you know, what, what's the difference between a six-figure and a seven-figure business apart from the dollar figures? And I actually just have a little side question to that because what does it actually mean with a six-figure and seven-figure? Is it that financial year? Is it since you started your business? Because I've actually heard some variation in that. So sorry, it's a two-part question. First, define what that means by having a six-figure, seven-figure business and then the difference between the two. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So a couple of things that I want to point out here. I personally talk about that there's so many different ways that you can cut numbers up, right? I would never personally talk about uh, 
creating a seven figure business as a as what you've earned over a business lifetime. I think that's a really inaccurate way to describe a business because it's a period of time. And to me, the implication, like it, it infers that that's what you've turned over in a 12 month period. I personally define it, um, you know, I'd be comfortable to say that my business is a multi six figure business based on the last 12 months, even if it's not a calendar year or financial year, whatever it might be. But um, to me, I always think that um, a definition around it is a period of time. The next thing that I want to say, a 12-month period of time rather, the next thing that I want to say on this front as well, that something that I feel is really misused in the business world, and I'm really guilty of doing this too, just to be clear. (laughs) I'm not saying this from a place of judgment. But that's a sales number that people talk about. It's extremely rare. I mean, I, I can't think of anyone that actually talks about it. But like when someone says six figures, they didn't make six six figures profit. in profit. That's how much sales they made. So to give you an example, you know, I've got, um, I had a client of mine, she made over a million dollars a year in revenue, but her uh, profitability was less than $300. Wow. So, and that's not unusual. Like that's in all seriousness that it's quite common that people are making a significantly different figure in their profit to what they are making in their turnover. So just bear in mind that when we do talk about a sales figure, that's not how much money someone actually makes. Someone could say, I've got a seven-figure business and make less profit than someone who turns over, say, $300,000 a year. Um, or $200,000 a year. So just something to bear in mind there, that profit is the real measure of your success. And it's so interesting for me coming from a corporate background, businesses always lead with profit. And then sales is kind of like, oh, and that was made up of, you know, 20 mil of sales and 10 mil of expenses, whatever. Whereas in small business, for some reason, we completely ignore our expenses and um, and quite often we ignore our tax as well is another thing that we don't sort of say, you know, so out of $300,000 in sales, you might have to pay $100,000 of it in tax. And that's another thing that, you know, often we don't talk about is your net profit after tax. So that's the first thing that I wanted to highlight, the difference between um, six and seven figure results and um, and what I believe is an accurate way to talk about it. Um. The next thing that um, I would like to talk about is the the difference between a six-figure and a seven-figure business owner. So my jam is really helping people to scale from six to seven figures. That's the part of the market that I own and I work with service-based businesses. I don't work with product-based businesses and I usually work with digital marketing agencies and um, you know copywriters and a lot of creatives as well. The, the big difference, I guess, getting to your first six figures, in my opinion, is a practical game. It's like getting your marketing out there, doing <laughs> doing your accounting, uh, starting to close clients, you know, really looking at sales. And then the game from six to seven figures, in my opinion, is 90% mindset. It, it totally shifts. And I've created different products in my product offering to cater for that. So, from um, up to the six-figure mark, I've got a membership and inside my membership, I teach the really like, here's how you set up your email marketing funnel. Here's how you promote yourself on Instagram. Like it's very practical. 
And then at the six-figure mark, um, that's sort of where my mastermind and my private coaching come in. And it all becomes a mindset game. Not all. There is some strategy. And what I mean by that is that it really starts to shift from the doing to the believing. And when you are looking to charge significantly higher prices or hire a team member or invest in a big way in your business, this is where like fear, scarcity, all of those things start to really, really come up. And that's why I spend most of my time supporting my clients in that space. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's scary. (laughs) There's no guarantees, but that's what you've got to do. Like you can't keep doing the same shit you're doing to get to six figures and expect to scale to seven figures. It just doesn't work like that. And people just think, I've just got to be busy. I've just got to take on more clients. And I'm like, no, you're missing the point. You've got to get your head sorted and then we can work out the strategy. And strategy does come into play. Like there definitely is things that from a practical perspective you do, but it's it's such really such a tiny part of the work that I do these days. A lot of it is you can do it. You're right. You're on the right path. Don't be scared. Like it's really um, a mindset game. Yeah, because I think one of the things is like I, you know, the whole you feel fear of failure, and I said no, actually my fear is success. Like what if I can't manage the workload? I want to still have the flexibility. And and so th- those kind of things that could stop you from really scaling because you're like, oh, but I, I just can only do so much, um, you know, or I can don't have the capacity to manage a whole team. So this kind of stuff, that that's, that's kind of what you mean, like that kind of mindset um, about what's actually possible based on where you are right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like people have got all kinds of thoughts around money. I, I've I had someone, I've got this course, um, it's launching soon actually. It's called Million Dollar Money Management. And it's teaching people how to have a million dollar mindset, even if they're not even close yet. And one of the girls that joined the course last round, she sends me this message. She's like, I've just joined. I'm so excited. And she's like, but I don't want to grow to a million dollars. I just want to grow to two hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, whoa, what's that all about? And instantly I'm like, great, you're so in the right place because why would you not want to make more money? And the reason is, is because she had beliefs that having a seven-figure business would mean that she had less time with her kids, that she would have to work too hard. And that was one of the things that I shifted with her is that it's the total opposite, in my opinion. Like the people that I'm supporting to scale, they're working less than they ever have before because they've got a team and they've got systems and they can invest in things to support them. So, yeah, I definitely think that moving out of your own way is one of the secrets to stepping to that next level. And, um, yeah, and I think that learning the the, the processes, the systems to get there um, from a mindset perspective is um, is a really, really powerful way to do so. Yeah, I love that. Like I, I've had, you know, I've been investing in a part-time VA since November and it's been absolutely amazing for what she's helped me like achieve. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I would not have done any of that stuff if it wasn't for her. And uh, then I'm like, all right, well, then when I get more money, I'll invest in the, you know, I'll try paid advertising and see what happens with that. And I'll try investing in it, um, another, you know, business coach arrangement, see what happens with that. So it's like, yeah, I mean, where does it stop after you? You try one little thing where you're best in it and going, 
wow, that worked well. What else could I do? And I've heard um, the whole concept of using money as a tool, like rather than thinking you're just spending and whether you get it back, it's like going, putting a bit of money here to then double it, triple it or whatever. And then it's like a little, yeah, where you put your money and then the, the investments that you make. Yeah. And Richard Branson has this really interesting saying where he's like, I don't take risks. And for, you know, what, if you've read his book, I'm losing my virginity, he's done some pretty crazy shit in his time. But uh, what he's saying is that his investments aren't just like, oh, I might just go and do this thing. He's really thought about it. Like, where do I need to take the business? And what do I think will shift me closer towards that? And that's how I like to think about investing as well, is it's rather than like, oh, I'm spunking money. It's like, right, what am I doing? Am I doing it in a mindful way? And um, is this going to be the thing that's going to move me closer to where I want to be? Yeah, 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 very true. And so, okay, for someone wanting to scale, like you said, mindset's 90% of it, but what what does kind of the action plan look like? Like when should they do what, including the inner and outer work? Yeah, okay, amazing. Great question. I would definitely start by going, right, I want to shift significantly. I'm going to have to do things differently. So a big mistake that I see people do is go, okay, I'm going to scale to a million dollars. I'm just going to work really hard. And, or, you know, or I'm going to put a lot of money in Facebook ads or they just try and go straight to strategy without actually kind of going, I need to shift who I am before I can start to magnetize a different result. So I think that the mindset work is key. You can do mindset work by educating yourself, by reading, by listening to podcasts, by um, I've invested in multiple mindset courses now. Um, and it's something that, you know, it's, it sounds like people are like, haven't you got your mindset sorted now? And I'm like, no, like you keep, it's for me, it's the biggest thing that I want to invest in. Um, because that's where I've seen the biggest shifts. And it's crazy for a conservative accountant like me to be thinking like that. And then once you kind of get super clear about what it is that you want and why you want it, it's then going, right, well, how am I going to get there? Is there a skill that I need to learn? Is there a strategy that I need to employ? But again, I think there's it's, it's quite dangerous to think that one thing is going to save you. I have been there and I've always been like, once I get my Facebook ads sorted, everything's going to go really, really well in my business. Um, that's when I'll get the big shifts. But like to give you an example, from the year 2019 to 2020, I more than doubled my sales. I supported clients of mine to double, triple their sales. None of us were using Facebook ads or effectively. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I had some ads, they were not working for me. Um but yeah, most of my clients weren't using Facebook ads. Um, other times people think that it's the funnel, like they glorify one particular thing and think this is going to be the thing that's going to change everything for me. But strategy isn't like strategy is just the, the final thing. And you need to play around with that. The, the, the foundational part is really going, how am I going to get myself to a space where I am not going to throw in the towel, give it all away, freak out, have fear and actually continue to grow. I know I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right things. And there's going to be some bumps along the way. There's going to be some strategies or investments that don't quite play out the way that I think that they're going to, but it's not going to shake where I'm heading and it's not going to shake what I believe is possible for me. Oh, I love that. I should capture that little quote and that little sound bite. <laughs> 
<laughs> I replay it to myself. Um, yeah, because I've been through a bit of that. It's been like, oh, I know I'm doing all these right things. I'm getting really great feedback. And then it's like, why aren't I seeing the results that I thought I had by now? Um, I was listening to a, another podcast um, the other day and it is, it's called Backable. I don't know if you've listened to it, but I, I just tuned into it and it just happened like I was drawn to it. The episode was, are you taking the right actions? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this episode is exactly what I need to hear right now. And basically what I was saying was if you continue trying the old stuff that isn't working, why are you doing it? Like try something new. And so I've been going, all right, let me try some different things. Let's go and do an outreach with LinkedIn and connect with all these new people who are through my networking and everything like that. Um, or let's try phone calling instead of emailing because emails aren't working. Um, or, you know, just trying or, or setting up an email sequence and just reconnecting with that old audience. Will it work or not? Who knows? But at least giving it a shot and going, I haven't done this before maybe it'll work. So I would challenge you on that. And say, All right, go ahead. <laughs> why not step back one step further and do some work on you going, am I really worthy of this next level? Is there something in me that's blocking me? Because there's such an energy around the way that you outreach and the way that you have conversations and the pricing that you can't that strategy is never going to move you through, if that makes sense. And I guess this is a thing like when people go to me, well, you know, how, how does it work? How does it work? And I'm like, you've got to get you sorted first. And I know it can sound a little bit upside down, but you would know, like, I want you to think about a place where you've been in your business, where you were in absolute flow. And when you know, like literally you do a post and someone would reach out to you and say, I want to work with you. And then you'd get on a phone call and you'd be like, look, to be honest, I don't really have the capacity to take this on at the moment. So it's going to be like 15 grand. And they go, yeah, okay, cool. I'll do it. And you'll be like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to fit that in. I bet you've been in that place before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is something so magnetic about being in that space. Mm. And this is what I mean about mindset. You can replicate that, that feeling, that energy, even if that's not what's happening around you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because so, when you get the yeses and the yeses just can seem to come one after the other, when you get the no's, it seems like the no's just keep flowing one after the other. You're like, I've forgotten what it feels like to get a yes. Um, and that's really what it is. You got to get back into that zone, remembering. And you can create your energy, like recreate an energy, regardless of what is going on around you. Does that make sense? You know, um, and let me give you a non business example uh, like celebrities oh my God, like, you know, my life sucks. Um, they have everything that they could possibly want from a material possession perspective. They've got, you know, all these amazing opportunities. They can do anything that they want. They can hire the best help in the world and they can still be unhappy. And that's the thing with anything, like, you know, whether it's happiness or confidence, it's like you can, everything in your life can be going really, really well and you can feel unhappy. And everything in your, um, you know, business can be going to absolute shit and you are still like, you're still just like in such a positive state about it. I've had st times when like, for example, a launch hasn't gone to plan and I've been like incapable of showing up. Like I'm, I'm just sobbing in my bed, inconsolable, um, you know, just like I'm going to throw it all in. And then other times when I have hit exactly the same result where I'm like, 
oh, well, that launch didn't go to plan. And, you know, and you're like, oh, well, cool. Well, the next one will go better. And it's like, that's exactly the same freaking thing that happened. And the only thing that was different was how I was looking at it and how I was feeling about it. And then, you know, like just recently I launched something which I guess inverted commas failed. I um, I said, I'm going to do a retreat. And I, it was never part of my sales plan. Uh, I was on a retreat with some biz friends and people were going, oh my gosh, I want to go on a retreat. I did one Insta story, 17 people said, I'm in. So I thought I'll send out an email. And then only one person joined, like when it actually came to putting down a payment link. And I was like, oh, well, timing's not right. I'll just do it another time. I felt like I honestly, there was no part of me that was like, oh, that was so disappointing. My life's falling apart. I was just like, cool. It wasn't meant to be right now. Um, I know I'm going to launch a hugely successful retreats one day. So I don't need to stress that this particular one, the timing didn't come together. So see what I mean? Like this is what mindset is, is it's like, how am I perceiving what's going on around me? (laughs) How can I be in a state regardless of what's going on around me? And then the irony is, is that when you're emulating that state, guess what happens? Shit just seems to happen for you. I'm in such a state of flow at the moment. And um, yesterday I said to my husband, I said, oh, I'm going to bring on a few new private coaching clients. I just said it like that. Like, you know, just people just come and pay me <laughs> Why not? a lot of money. And literally last night, someone reached out to me. Like I didn't post about it. I did no marketing. I was in a space where I'm like, I'm energetically aligned to take on some new clients. It's just the strangest, strangest thing. And it can be really, really hard. But the more that you do this work, the more that you lean into it, the more that you surround yourself by it, this stuff just starts to happen. And clients of mine are constantly just like, I can't freaking believe it. It's so weird. And I'm like, you don't have to intellectually understand it. You just have to do the work. And then the things start to come together. And you know, and, and that's like what I'm guilty of because I've, you know, I've yeah, invested in the um, Ampli- Amplify Mastermind with Ruby and I've only gone through half the modules in six months. Like I've just, I don't do enough of the inner work. I, yeah, I go, oh, look, I'm reading another, you know, manifestation thing. I'm doing some journaling a little bit here and there, but I'm not doing enough. And I think that's probably, I, I feel like I keep thinking it's a time waste, which I, I shouldn't, right? But I'm like, oh, that doesn't seem proactive enough. I'm not getting out there enough. I'm not, I've got to do more of the networking, got to get myself out there. But yeah, I really do need to step back and uh, do the inner work a lot more. I think that's, you Ruby said it the other day, now you've said it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll listen. Uh, but yeah, and then it's like, all right, now scheduling that time in, non-negotiable, don't do it at the end of the day when you're going to be too tired or something else will come up make it a priority and just go, today's the day I'm just working on me and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and giving yourself permission to do it as well. Um, for me, the inner work is the work. And I have days where like, I haven't come back to potential clients who are reaching out to me and I'm like, I need to go meditate. Like it sounds so counterintuitive, but that's got to come first. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's it. And so you're always chasing, but just let them come to you. Like, you just get yourself the energy right and then they'll just naturally come to you at the right time. Um, I love that. So um, how long can this scaling process take? I mean, is it like how long is a piece of string type of scenario? Is it all about your mindset? Do you have to say, 
by this date, I'm going to be a seven-figure business. Is that what's going to help you get there? Or, or what are your tips on that? Okay. Awesome question because people often get so impatient, don't they? <laughs> we I, want, I want it and I want it now. I did this. I did um, a, an Instagram um, post the other day, actually. I went, I took my son out for a baby tuno uh, last week and we've ordered the baby tuno and literally we've put in the order. We've sat down and he's like, where is it? He sounds like a spoiled little brat. He kind of is. Um, and I, <laughs> I've had that with my four-year-old too. I'm like, they, you just ordered it. Like, they're going to make it. And then he's sitting there and he's like, I want it, mom. I want it now. I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. Where is it? Why is it taking so long? And I had this like pin drop moment around the process of growth, of manifestation. And I was like, isn't it funny? Like I, observing his behavior, I'm like, I'm like that sometimes. I want it. I want my, you know, my house now. I want the seven figure year now. And it's like, chill out, dude. Like you've put the order in, it's on its way. It might take a little bit longer. And you know what? Maybe it might show up in a different form. Maybe they might come and say, we've run out of chocolate. So you're just having foam today. Um, but do you know what? If you trust that it's coming and you believe that it's coming, it will come. And all you need to do is take the action, which you've done <laughs> by putting in the order. And, um, you know, when it comes to business, obviously you need to do, do the things as well, but the results coming and everyone grows at a different time as well. And this is something that I see people just get so impatient with, like, why is she doing that? I'm like, who gives a shit what she's doing? Like, <laughs> does it matter? What matters is is where you're going and who cares what anyone else is doing. I've definitely had people that were scaling so much faster than me and I had all of those feels, the confusion, like I think I'm a better coach than them, um, the, the, you know, the victim mentality, why is it not happening for me? And then I started to flip it and go, well, hang on, what are they doing? What do I need to do differently? Oh, they're doing all this manifestation stuff. They're, <laughs> they're investing a lot of money in their business. Like, hmm, maybe if I do the things that they're doing, I'll get a different outcome rather than, you know, sitting in, in the space of victimhood around it. So, yeah, I definitely think that there's no hard and fast rule either way. Um, I've worked with people that have rapidly scaled, like, tripled their sales in, in a year. Um, you know, and these are already successful six figure business owners. So, you know, your business can leap ahead in, in massive leaps. There doesn't need to be some linear path to get there, but equally, if it's not like, don't make it mean anything. It's like, I know I'm doing all the right things. Um, it's coming. I just need to keep doing all the right things. And, uh, the results will flow. <laughs> yes, I love it. And that's when you tell so, your, ha- your partner, yes, trust me, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, I guess I'm pretty lucky that my husband, he's he's done so much mindset work. He's he's very much like he, he understands that you need to invest to get a return. Um, and he also has seen the transformation that happens in me and my business when I do that. So that's why he's really um, supportive around it as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and just um, on that note, you're saying, you know, it can, the, you know, compared, uh, comparisonitis kind of thing or what's everyone else doing. 
Um, I want to just talk about the flip side as well. Like it is okay not to want to scale to seven figures. Um, Like what are your thoughts on that? Like is it okay to not scale and just be content at a six or even a five-figure business and be content with that? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's your life. You can do whatever you want with your life. The one thing that I do ask people to check in with though, why do you not want to? And that's the thing that I really like to ask people. I I personally just can't understand why someone wouldn't want to make more money unless they have an untrue money story that's holding them back from getting to that next level, if that makes sense. So like if you've got uh, you know, a six-figure business and you never want to make any more money, would you not want to work less? And, you know, it, it, and even if it was just like, okay, I want to make the same amount of money, but working less hours, it's like, well, great. Like, what does that look like? And it looks like scalability perhaps. And then if you then created something where you were like working less hours and it's like, hey, guess what? We can triple this without you doing anything more. You still don't want to do that? So the thing, like more money equals more work, which means I'll be working all night or getting up early and all weekends. That's look, that's the perception that I'm I know I'm trying to work through. And I still mentioned in a previous episode how I still feel like working the nine to five or roughly ten to five thirty, like I can't get myself out of that headspace. And then I'm like, oh, then I've got to switch off at night. And if I if that means I don't earn as much money, then so be it, because that's my rule. But that's not at all. Like you can, like what I've realized, outsourcing, I'm getting this stuff done and I'm not working harder. I'm just working smarter, right? Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, like no judgment if you don't want to. But just check in with yourself. Like why do you think that you don't want to? And whenever like, whenever someone says, I don't want to make more money, I'm like, mm, I don't know. I, I, you know, like even if you have everything that you possibly want from a material perspective in your life and you have enough money in a bank account to deliver you uh, financial freedom for the rest of your life and pay all the things, like firstly, check in. Is that is that a truth? <laughs> Are you really, do you really have everything that you want? Do you have enough income set up that for the rest of your life, you don't need to work if you didn't want to? And then if you do, what, there's no one else around you that you want to help. You don't have a a family member that you want to support. You don't have charities that you care about. You don't have causes that you want to invest in and support. I don't know. Like for me, I'm always like, I just, I guess I just don't get it. And, And often I sort of, uncover that the reason why people think that they don't want more is because either they think I'm not worthy of it, I don't need it, it's greedy to want more, or I don't want to do what I have to do to scale. And because they've got this untrue money story that more money means more work, then that's why they don't want it. So if you're listening, I don't, you know, I realize that money chat triggers people a lot, but I would just challenge you to check in with that and check in, is it true? I've got a question for you as well. So I, look, I came from a very modest upbringing, you know, didn't have a lot of money to spend. And even when I was in full-time job, like I I was capped at like $64,000. So um, I personally haven't experienced great wealth. So should I be hanging out with people who do and trying to emulate their lifestyle? Like what are your tips if you're not used to thinking bigger and you want to try and push yourself into that zone. Yeah, definitely. Um, And look, when we talk about wealth too, like there's wealth doesn't necessarily mean like Prada clothes and big houses. 
like sometimes the wealthiest people, um, you know, live very conservative lives. It doesn't really matter. Like all that matters is that, um, you know, people are enjoying their money in a way that feels good to them. But I personally, you know, I read um, Denise Duffield Thomas's book, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, and I decided that I wanted to surround myself with wealthy people. I didn't know how. I knew no one who was wealthy. And it's the weirdest thing that when you kind of put that intention out there, people start to come into your life and you can start to lean into the energy of people and start to normalize like, holy shit, that's just, they're just a normal person who has a lot more money than I do. And, you know, and if you really don't know anyone, if you put it out there and and no one's sort of coming into your circle, a really great way to do it is to pay for it. Um, I went to a, a, you know, a retreat with Denise Duffield Thomas, um, fangirling big time here, um, at the beginning of last year. Um, it was a, you know, a massive investment for me, but when I went and hung out with her and I'm like, she's just a normal person wearing a pair of overalls and socks and sitting here chatting to us. Um, it, you know, it really makes you go, well, why can't I do it? She can do it. And, um, the more friends that now I'm surrounding myself with that, you know, are running seven figure businesses and that, you know, uh, are building really, you know, successful businesses, the more I'm like, there's nothing unusual about it to me now. Like I don't, there's nothing that scares me about saying, you know, I'm, I'm building my seven figure business. I'm just like, yeah, it's happening and it's coming. And if they can do it, I can do it. Why not? So if you really can't find anyone when you pay to be in the energy of those kind of people. Um, that's why I joined my, the, the mastermind that I joined last year. I wanted to be around people who were like, yeah, I just made 70 grand this month. And I was like, oh my gosh, like when you're around that all the time, you start to go, well, how, and can I do it myself? And, um, yeah, like I said, you know, I'm a big believer that with money, you can create a life of your dreams and you can support people around you to do the same. So why not you? Yes. Oh, I love this so much. Um, yeah, I could just keep talking about this topic. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, now, uh, yes, do you have uh, – so you just mentioned um, Get Rich Like uh, Get Rich like a Bitch. I read that one, loved it. Do you have some other books you can recommend? Yeah. Um, there's another one that I've read recently called You're a Badass at Making Money, um, which I really enjoyed. Denise has also got another book, Denise Duffel Thomas, called Chillpreneur. Um yeah, and there's lots of podcasts that I love and listen to. Uh, Minding Your Business by James Wedmore. The Life School Coach podcast by Brooke Castillo is another really, really cool, interesting, mind-blowing um, podcast. So there are a few of the resources that I use and lean into and listen to. Yeah, awesome. Oh, cool. Thanks for that. I'll put them in the show notes as well. Um, now, I always ask my guest is Claire, how do you take care of your health and wellness? Oh, <laughs> great question. Okay. So for me, I do a, a walk. I've got two little boys um, and every morning we go for a family walk together. They're on their bikes at various stages. They've been in prams, baby carriers, scooters, and they're now both on bikes. So um, hubby and I walk uh, and all four of us go for a walk for an hour every single morning. It's just such a nice way to start the day, reset the day. Um, I also go to the gym you know, three, four times a week. Um, gym's really important for me. And people are like, how do you do that? And I said, well, you know, there's a second person in our household that can care for the children as well. Um, he also plays, you know, he, my husband plays squash. So he goes and does that several times a week. So, um, 
getting to the gym is really important for me. And then I've got a lot of practices around, you know, journaling, meditating. Um, I've been doing a bit of breath work lately, which I'm really enjoying. And um, yeah, and I think just learning, a big thing that I've learned is that I need to be selfish and look after me. And sometimes it's like, I'm going for a massage or I'm going to go have a bath or, um, you know, I go out with my friends a lot (laughs) and, um, you know, I'll say, oh yeah, I'm going to go catch up with this person or whatever. And, um, yeah, that's just me filling my cup because I know that when I look after me, I shop as the best mom, wife and coach that I can be. And when I'm not doing it, which of course we all go through these stages, um, that's when I start to decline <laughs> in terms of how my energy levels, how I can shop and how I can help others. So for me, that's why like I did, Um, yeah, I, I believe that the more that you look after yourself, the more you can help others. Yes, very true. And I, yeah, I'm the same. When I notice I've stopped, uh, like over the break, I stopped going for my runs and and walks, yoga and all that. And oh, something's missing and so I've last month or so been doing it in the morning like alternating between yoga and going for a run and I just know it's a massive difference so it's like duh like <laughs> why did I forget this it's sometimes you do forget like get things happen and uh you know we had friends girlfriends on the other night and it's just so nice to just have just chat good dnms and yeah then you go home on a cloud going oh that was just a great night I feel good I'm yeah. worthy <laughs> Exactly. Isn't it funny that we feel guilty for filling our own cup, but it is really, really important. Yeah, 100%. And so how can people connect with you? Oh, okay, great. Um, You can come and listen to my podcast, the Claire Wood Podcast. You can come say hi on Instagram. I'm pretty active on Instagram at Claire underscore Wood underscore coach. Oh, I should point out too that my name has no I in it. So it's C-L-A-R-E, not C-L-A-I-R-E, it's C-L-A-R-E. How else can you connect with me? (laughs) You can come to my website if you want to reach out and find out more about working with me at ClaireWood.com, C-L-A-R-E-W-O-O-D.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Claire. I've loved this chat. I know it's going to be a popular one. Um, And yes, so thank you very much for coming along. I'll keep listening to your podcast for sure. And hopefully, yeah, we'll connect another way somewhere along the line. (laughs) I'm sure we will. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And thanks to you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and review via your podcast app or at ratethispodcast.com slash marketingandme. If you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton and let me know you're a fan of the podcast. And you're also welcome to check out my website to view my portfolio and gain a better understanding of all the awesome stuff I can do for you in your growing health and wellness business. Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.